happy 2021 again. Uh, what an amazing time to get together. I know it's not in person, um, but God knows. God knows everything that's going on. Nothing gets past him. Uh, it's a, a joy and an honor to come this morning with God's word and just um, see what he says to each one of us. Um, it's special, you know, when we can come into God's presence uh, through worship. Again, thank you, Jaden, for, for leading us in, in worship this morning. And God has something to say today. Don't want this to fall on deaf ears for any of us. Every, every time we come into God's word, let's come expecting him to teach us something new, to speak to us, to minister to us. To That's why worship is so important, you know, the, the move of the Holy Spirit to just prepare our hearts uh, for this time in the word. So we're, let's get into the word. Uh, we're going to be in Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 through 18 this morning. Ephesians 6, chapter, uh, Ephesians 6, verses uh, 10 through 18, and you might be familiar with this. This is the full armor of God, and we're going to be talking about that this morning, about the importance of putting on the full armor of God. We are in a spiritual battle, for sure. Um, that's something that we need to talk about today. I think we can lose sight of that. I think we can lose sight of the fact that every day there are battles going on in the spiritual realm. We think that there's stuff going on with maybe our spouse or our children or our boss or our work or even what we saw last year with the politics. Yes, those are things that are happening physically around us all the time, but we have to understand that there is a spiritual battle, a spiritual component going on, and we're going to get into the word and what it says about that. But before we do that, let's have a word of prayer. Father, we thank you for this time. We thank you for your word. We thank you, God, um, that it's the truth. You are the truth. Lord, we thank you for this word that we have before us. You, you are the living word, Lord Jesus. And we thank you, Lord, that everything about this book, all the pages in it point to you. And we just pray, God, that you would take me out of the way right now, that you would speak to your people, Lord. Speak to me, Lord God. Speak to my heart, Lord, as, as I, I dig into the word with my, my brothers and sisters in Christ. So would you just minister to each one of us now? In Jesus' name, amen. amen. All right, so you know, what we're gonna talk about is we're gonna be, we're gonna be looking at uh, Ephesians chapter six, verses 10 through 18. Let's read that real quick. Um, in verse 10, it says, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God, that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of this, the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all to stand, stand therefore, having girded up your waist in truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace, above all, taking the shield of faith, which, is, uh, which will be able to quench the fiery darts of the wicked one and take on the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints." Be watchful. Um, I think that's a key word, and there's so much there as you digest it, as you read it. There's so much there to unpack. Just being aware that this battle is not against flesh and blood. We want to think it is. We want to think it is 
the spouse, the kids, the work, the, the politics, the, you name it. But there's a spiritual component deeply rooted in that, hugely rooted in that. It doesn't mean that we're not going through those things. What it means is that we need to understand where it's coming from. And what I want to focus on first, and then we'll, we'll take a look at all the different pieces that are here uh, with the whole armor of God. But when you look at it, let's look at the mind, the battle of the mind, because that's where it starts, right? It starts in the mind. And we'll take a look at that more closely. But there's a, a, a neuroplastician named Caroline Leaf. She's a blessing to listen to. She's a, She's got a lot of wisdom in this area when it comes to um, our minds. And she says that, uh, and she's a neuroplastician, so she, she studies the mind, so she's fully aware of everything scientific that goes on with the mind. And it says our minds are processing 2,000 processes per second. Your mind right now is processing 2,000 processes per second. And your non-conscious mind is processing 400 million 400 million processes per second, all day, every day, all the time. Some days I'm so wiped out, I feel like I'm probably processing half of that. But, <laughs> you know, you never you fill in the blank. I mean, it's your minds are constantly going, constantly going. So, you know, these battles are fought every day in the life of the believer. Every moment you have an opportunity to choose the state whom you're going to serve. You have a moment, every, think of all the opportunities we have to make a choice, what we're going to do moment by moment by moment, every second of every day. We have a choice in what we're going to do with that thought, what we're going to do in light of that thought that comes into our minds. And then there is that spiritual component that comes in there because the enemy, he studies us. He, he knows us through and through. He's a tricky adversary. He he knows everything about us. He, he's plotting and strategizing to throw us off, to be that, not, not to be that witness and to live that abundant life that God has called us to. And we're going to talk more about that as well. So what we want to establish here is we want to establish, you know, what is spiritual warfare? You know, where is it coming from and how do we respond to it? So, you know, looking at that, you know, I, I was looking at just the big picture here. You know, we have to get something understood right away, is that we are not fighting for victory, okay? We're not pressing forward saying, you know what, we got to keep fighting for victory. We are fighting from victory. The cross at Calvary, Jesus Christ paid the price. He destroyed the enemy right then and there. But there's battles every single day. The enemy knows he can't take your salvation. He knows that. He can't take that away from you. But what he can take away is that joy in your heart, that witness that you have in your work, in your family, being able to reach others for Christ, being a, having a vibrant Christian life. He can make us so numbed out. Think of all the things. I can think of all the things in my life that just numb me out so that I'm of no effect. And this is like a wake-up call in 2021, I think for, for myself, of course, and maybe for, for you too, is that God has called us to greatness. Let's walk in that and not let the enemy rip us off. And I'm sure you heard that before. Don't let the enemy rip you off on, on what you have in Christ. He knows he can't take your salvation. He is a defeated foe. He's defeated on the cross of Calvary. He's defeated. But there's still battles going on every day. So one battle I, I think of in scripture when I look at it is Daniel chapter 10. Um, Daniel chapter 10 is interesting because Daniel was praying and fasting for, it was like three weeks. He's praying and fasting and his prayer was being battled by the enemy. There was a, an angel, a, a, a demonic entity known as the Prince of Persia, not a physical person, but a Prince of Persia that 
battled with this angel that was coming to Daniel, but it, he battled him for 21 days, and Michael the archangel had to step in and, and set it straight <laughs> because there's these spiritual battles going on that we don't even see. You know, you're praying and fasting for that loved one. You're praying and fasting for different situations in your life, and God hears you, and he's, he's making intercession continually for us. But it shows the dynamic there of the spiritual battles that we face. He is a defeated foe, but there are those battles. And one thing we need to understand, too, is that in light of that, in these battles that we face, the enemy wants to question your identity in Christ. He wants to bring that into question. He's been doing that from the very beginning. He even said to Adam and Eve, has God truly said? He's always questioning God, questioning God with us. And he wants to question your identity. Always remember your identity in Christ, that you stand firm on that, that you don't let him take that away from you because he is a defeated foe. So what is it? I mean, these, these things that we come across, these spiritual battles, you know, there's fears. I've dealt with fears in my life. Anxiety, having fear. I mean, look at this last year, all the fear going around. He'll, he'll tap into that. He knows you have a weakness in that. He'll, he'll exploit that like he did with me. Fear can really get you. Pleasures, pursuits, lust, jealousy, greed, covetousness. Something we don't think about, just wanting more, wanting more for ourselves. He'll, he loves to couple that with the temptations that he can bring. Because you know what? Our flesh does enough on its own. But what we need to realize is, is that he uses, and you look at 1 John chapter 2, verse 16, it talks about the lust of the, the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. That's already there. That's what's, that's what's already there, and he just exploits that. I think we give him too much credit sometimes, to be honest. You know, our flesh does enough on its own. But the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. So we need to be considering that as we look at the battles that are going on. Let's look at Philippians chapter 2, verses 1 through 4. Philippians chapter 2, verses 1 through 4. So if there is any encouragement in Christ any comfort from love, any participation in the Spirit, any affection and sympathy, complete my joy by being of the same mind. You're talking about the mind again, how the enemy likes to attack the mind. Have the same mind, having the same love, being full of one accord and of one mind. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but humility. Count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also the interests of others. So if you look at that in light of the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life, and the challenges with that, if we're walking and having that same mind, and we're walking in one accord, and we're, we're having that, that mind of Christ, it's very hard. <laughs> it's, yeah, we're, we're going to trip up and mess up, and that flesh gets in the way, in, in, in a lot of, of course, in a lot of cases in our lives. But when we meditate on God's Word and we see that, we can say, you know what, I can walk with others in love. I can deny those things that are coming up. So we need to, to be understanding of how the importance that our mind plays, being at that one mind. You know, you think of the helmet of salvation. We talked about, it. you know, the enemy, he, he, the, we need to guard our minds. You know, you think about the helmet of salvation. You know, we look at all the different pieces of, of, of the, the, the armor and you look at what the, the helmet, why they call it, the, it calls it the helmet of salvation. So you think about that, the helmet of salvation. What comes to mind about that is the enemy wants to, a lot of times, come to us and condemn us, 
question our salvation. He's done that to me. I remember as a kid laying in bed crying, going, oh my gosh, you know, have I committed the unforgivable sin? You know, he wants us to question that. Hear me, dear children. <laughs> Never, ever question your salvation in Christ if you've committed your life to him, if you've asked him for forgiveness, if you have you know, asked him to be a part of, a huge part of your life, everything to you. Don't question your salvation. If you're worried about that, then you're on the right track. If you're concerned that maybe you're like, oh gosh, you know, what's going on? You're on the right track. Because never question that. The enemy always wants to bring into uh, that question of your salvation. Now, if you don't know Christ today, and you're like, you know what? Everything that you're sharing, I, I don't understand any of this. Then I want to give you an opportunity later to receive the Lord as your Lord and Savior, Lord Jesus as your Lord and Savior. But dear children, if you know the Lord and you've received him as your Lord and Savior, don't let him rip you off. Don't let him take that away from you. You know, when you look at that, you know, motorcycle riders, football players, all these different, you know, helmets that we see, we want to protect our heads. You know, we want to make sure that we're not, you know, damn it, you know, I can go riding on my on my mountain bike. I don't just go riding around without a helmet on. You know, back in the day as a kid, I probably would have done that. But now I'm more, okay, I could fall off my bike and hit my head. Well, I want to wear that helmet to protect my head, to protect my mind, my brain, everything there. It's so important. So that helmet of salvation. And of course, we look at all the different uh, other pieces that are talked about here. He says in verse 14, stand therefore having girded your waist with, waist with truth. I think it's so important when you think about that, girding your waist with truth. Putting that belt on. That's holding everything up. When you look at the soldiers and they had the, the garments that hung lower there, they gird them up, put the belt on so that they could run. Because you can't run when you have a long robe going. So you have to gird it up. Truth does that. Truth will bring everything together, will bring clarity, will, will put everything up together so that you can stand firm and you can be of action. It's going to hold everything up. Truth is holding everything up. Having put on the breastplate of righteousness, that righteousness that comes in Christ Jesus, guarding our hearts, that breastplate of righteousness, having shod with the feet of the preparation of the gospel of peace. You think about putting those shoes on. Are you bringing peace where you are? Are you walking in peace? Are you bringing peace to others? Are you putting on those feet, those shoes of peace? We gotta think about that. I know a lot of times in my life, you know, I wasn't so peaceable. <laughs> you know, I can I could get sidetracked. I could get, you know, grumpy. I can get, I'm not bringing peace. But I gotta remind myself, you know, am I bringing peace to this situation? Am I bringing love and peace? So we wanna bring the gospel of peace, bringing that sweet gospel of peace that, that others can know Christ. Are you sharing your faith with others? Are you bringing the gospel? Are you sharing your testimony with others that they may know him? And then, um, Looking at verse 16, above all, taking the shield of faith, you may be able to quench the fiery darts of the wicked one. Very self-explanatory. I mean, put that shield up. Those fiery darts are flying. Your faith, you are saved by grace through faith and not of works, lest no man should ever boast. Hold that faith, hold that shield of faith up and quench those fiery darts that the enemy loves to throw our way. And then we go on... Uh, verse 17 take the helmet of salvation. We talked about that and the sword of the spirit, the word of God. That is our, that is our sword. That is our, our way to defend off the enemy is by the word of God. We're going to look at that as well. So when we look at that, we look at the, the full armor of God. We look at the different pieces of armor. 
when you really look at it and you look at each one of those, it points to Jesus. It points to Jesus completely. So it's not like, well, I wore my helmet today, I wore my shield today, but I'm not wearing the other pieces. No. When you put on the full armor of God, what it's saying here is every day, every moment, put on Jesus Christ. Every moment. You have Jesus Christ as your Savior. Put him on. He's there waiting to, 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 to speak with you and talk with you and minister to you. Take that time with Jesus. Put him on every single day. He says, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. And that's a, the truth is that he'll always be with us. But we want to make sure that every single day that we're saying, you know what, I'm going into this battle fully armed with you, Christ. I've, I'm fully armed up with you. I'm not going to do it my way. And we'll look at that too today, about going our own way and what happens when we do that. So awesome. God is so good in that. So let's move on. Um, in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 3 through 5, you turn there with me. 2 Corinthians 10, 3 through 5. And we're going to look at that. For though we walk in the flesh, we are not waging war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but have divine power to destroy strongholds. We destroy arguments and every lofty opinion against uh, the knowledge of God and take every thought captive to obey Christ. It's taking that thought, take every thought into captivity. I'm sure you've heard that before. Like, take that thought captive. That thought comes into your mind. We're talking about how the enemy loves to, to, to work with our minds and, and get us sidetracked and, and trip us up. I think about it when I was a kid. What comes to mind when I, when I was, you know, just, you know, talking with the Lord about this is that, you know, I think about when I was a kid, it was Jeshua's age, you know, nine, ten years old, and I'd be up in the hills catching lizards. And I found myself trying to catch lizards and trying to catch them with my hands, and I wasn't getting anywhere. I'd get like one, maybe none, and I loved catching lizards. But then I took a fishing rod, long fishing rod, I found the longest one I could put a little clear noose on the end of it. Now, keep in mind, when I did this, no lizards died. I caught them. So what I did is I took the long fishing rod, and I would get tricky. I would go out there, and I would see the lizard on the rock, and, and they're so sidetracked. They're bathing out there in the sun, and I'd take that fishing rod, and I'd hold it right over. They couldn't even see the rod. They couldn't see the little clear noose. I would get it around their neck, and boom, I'd pull it, and they would just be Wriggling on there, and I take them, put them in a bucket, and my friends were like, "Whoa, you caught like ten lizards!" I tapped it, you know, held it captive, grabbed it, got it, took it. You know, you, you look at that, you think of that thought that comes, you you grab it, you snatch it up. That's what you want to think of: is, is how can I just take that thought, that thought that comes in, holding every thought captive, and just grabbing it and not letting it go anywhere. John ten ten, we talk, we're talking about the tactics of the enemy. It says in John ten ten. The thief, speaking of Satan, comes only to steal and to kill and destroy. I came that you may have life and have it more abundantly. Oh my. Look at the lives that have been damaged and lost just by flirting with sin, flirting with this world, letting the enemy get in there and wreak havoc. Because we can open doors in our lives, in our families, in our, in our own situations by bringing sin in. And then it's just destruction. It's destruction. I think about even just looking at what happened in our country this last summer and seeing the chaos, killing, stealing, destroying. That had the enemy's fingerprints all over it. He hates us. He's the enemy of us. He, he, he wants to, to rip us apart. But God. <laughs> but God. 
God stands there with us. Nothing can happen in our lives unless God allows it. Unless God allows it to take place. And there's things that, you know, we look at the story of Job. How God allowed that to take place in Job's life. You know, Satan was roaming around. And he said, hey, God says, where have you been? Oh, just roaming around, just checking things out. Have you considered my servant Job? What? Oh, if you did anything, he cursed you to your face. Oh, you can do anything you want to him, just don't touch him. See, there's that dialogue there between Satan and God. There's that dialogue of him saying, no, you can't do that. You can only do this. God will allow certain things to come into our lives for different reasons. And we need to stand firm in who Christ is in our lives and understand that God's not out of control. Like He has, he has no ability to intervene. He can intervene any time in our lives. But he allows things to come into our lives for reasons. And I think what we need to do is we need to understand that... Um, we're in a battleground, not a playground. I think a lot of times we, we look at this life and we think, hey, sky's the limit. You know, like the Romans said, eat, drink, and be merry for tomorrow we die. You know, in the life of the believer, this is, this is marching orders from God. This is not our home. We're just passing through. We're in enemy territory. This is not a playground. It's a battleground. There's a lot going on that we can't see, and there's things we can see, and the chaos. But we understand that God is bigger. God is, is able, and we have to understand that we have eternity with him. This is, this is just passing through for us. So we need to be vigilant and understand, is this a battleground for us in our lives, or is this a playground? Are we, being, are we taking our orders from the Lord Jesus Christ and pressing forward in what he has for us in our lives spiritually, or are we just settling and just playing around and just saying, eh, you know what? I'm comfortable. I'm saved. I'm good. It's convicting. It really is. James 4, 7 says, Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. I think about in Matthew chapter 4, when Jesus was in the wilderness and Satan was tempting him, trying to trip him up, trying to get him to turn that rock into bread so he could eat or to throw himself off of the, of the high mountain uh, and an angel would catch him. You know what? Jesus did. He brought the word of God. He brought the word of God. You may be thinking, well, how do I do this? You know, what, how do I stand against the enemy? You bring the word of God. Jesus brought the word. Jesus Christ could have done it in so many different ways, but he's showing us as, as, as our example to, to get into the word of God and to use the word of God. The word says, Jesus says, over and over and over again, use the word. Don't uh, go on your own thoughts or your own um, strategy on how to defeat the enemy. Use the word of God. There's no way that we can stand if we don't commit ourselves to the scriptures. There's no way we can stand if we're not people in the word. Because we want to hide the word in our hearts that we may not sin against him, as it says in his word. We want to be able to take those verses that he gives us and commit them to memory and say, Ah, I'm being tempted right now. No, the word says thus. And we give that word. And we stand on that, just like Jesus did when he was tempted by Satan. He gives us that great example. In Philippians 2, chapter, uh, Philippians 2, verse 5 through 11, it says, Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, 
who through, uh, although he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men and being found in human form, and humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even the death on the cross. Therefore, God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. That's our example right there, Jesus Christ. Using the word of God in our lives, meditating on God's word. You know, when I think about that, I think about the, the, the meditating, you know, uh, you look at just how important that is. And, and, and that's why I love the Psalm 1 that talks about that. Those who meditate on God's word, and we're going to look at that too. It's just such a great scripture. Um, so, you know, if we're not resisting the devil in our lives, if we're, if we're allowing the devil to, to impact our lives in a way, we're letting our flesh get in the way, you know, you know what does that look like? You know, what does that look like? And we're going to take a look at that. What are some of the things that happen in our lives? You know, some warning signs that may be going on with you and with me. And, and we can take a look at that and say, God, what is, what is happening? What's going on with us? You know, he studies us. We talked about that earlier. He studies us and, and he, he sees our, 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 our bent. He sees where we go, how we, how we deal with things. Whether it be the fears or the pleasures or the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life. He knows what tempts us and what gets us all tripped up. So, I've heard it said that an unguarded strength is a double weakness. Think about that. You may be thinking, no, I'm good with that. I'm good with that. I'm strong there. An unguarded strength. So, if you're going to unguard that strength, then you're going to be like, no, I'm good. That's a double weakness. We need to say, Lord, help me to stand in this. <laughs> oh, I'm good in that area. That'll never trip me up. I've heard plenty of stories of how things just went sideways. I've seen it in my own life. How things went sideways because I didn't guard myself from that because I thought I was strong in it. 1 Corinthians 10, 12 says, Therefore, let anyone who thinks, he's, that he sta- thinks he stands take heed lest he fall. So we need to keep that in mind. And I think we do give Satan too much credit in this area. We have to understand that our flesh gets in the way plenty. <laughs> plenty. In James chapter 1, verses 13 through 15, it says, let, let no one say when he is tempted, I'm being tempted by God, for God cannot be tempted with evil. And he himself tempts no one. But, here it says, but each person is tempted when he is lured and enticed by his own desire. Then desire, when it is conceived, gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is fully grown, brings forth death. What are we, what are we doing you know, what are we what are we looking at today? What are we involving ourselves with? What are we doing? Are we giving the enemy an opportunity by our own flesh? He's just going to exploit those things. He's, we, we give him too much credit, I think. I hear people say, oh man, Satan's got me. He's got me. And Satan's doing this and Satan's doing that. Hold on. What are you doing? Are you spending time with the Lord? Are you in prayer? Are you in the word? Are you putting on the full armor of God? And there's been plenty of times in my life where I was not. And I was trampled. I was trampled. And the Lord stuck with me and he carried me and he allowed me to learn through that process with my anxiety. I mean, there was an opportunity there for me to say, no, I'm done. I'm standing firm in this promise of God, but I didn't. And I allowed it to just grow like weeds in my garden. So stand firm in that. Stand firm in the Lord. Stand firm knowing 
that you have the Lord by your side, but don't allow the enemy to get in there and have a foothold in any part of your life. You know, when I consider Psalm 1-1, there's a progression there looking at the sin. And you look at Psalm 1-1 and we look at how we get to that point. In Psalm 1-1, going through um, these verses here, it says, blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day in, day and night. Do you see what happens there? Look at the progression. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly. All right? Where are you walking today? Where are you headed? Where are you going? Where am I going? Where are we doing? We have those choices every single day to, to do what we do every day. Notice the progression here. Blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the ungodly. Then look at the next one. Nor stands in the path of sinners. He went from walking to now he's standing. He stopped. He stopped. He's not still walking. He's not still going along. He's not passing through. He's now standing. He stopped. That's a dangerous place when we stop and we just sit in it. That's where it goes next. Nor sits in the seat of the scornful. It all, it all started with him walking towards it. Then he found himself standing in it. And now he's sitting in it. And he's saying, oh, how happy. Oh, blessed is the one who's not doing this. This gives us the example of what not to do. We have a choice in this. You know, Greg Laurie, I've heard this said, you know, so many times by Greg Laurie. And it always stuck with me when he would say this. A thought reaps an action. An action reaps a habit. A habit reaps a character. And a character reaps a destiny. All starts with a thought. It's tragic. You know, it's like those two dogs. Or which one are you going to feed? You've heard that analogy before, I'm sure, where you've got two dogs. The one that you feed the most is going to get stronger. But the one that you don't feed is going to be weak. It's just like our flesh and the spirit. Are we feeding our flesh? Are we feeding our spirit? Are we getting into God's word? You know, I think it's important to look at John, 1 John 1, 9. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Amen. Amen. If you've messed up, if you've blown it, don't let the enemy rip you off and say, oh, God's done with you. You're, you're not, you're not going to be with him in eternity. You are saved by grace through faith and not of works, lest no man should ever boast. That's what it says in God's word. You don't need to listen to the enemy on that. Repent of your sin today. Turn to the Lord Jesus Christ and say, God, I'm done with all that in 20, for 2021. I'm done. And commit to that and say, God, this is, I'm going to have an accountability partner. I'm going I'm to have that person that I can walk through this with. So important. So very important. Romans uh, 12, verse 2 says, Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that by the testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. Again, there's that neuroplasticity. We talked about Caroline Leaf earlier. You know, she was talking about how your brains, she says this, she says your brains are, are, are changing. You can, plas there's neuroplasticity. There's that, um, it says right here in the word of God, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Your mind can be renewed. And the word of God even says it right there. And they confirm that with science. Wow. 
your brain is what they call neuroplasticity. It can change. It can it can change how it, your focus is. You know, if you're um, going this direction with your mind, it can the pathways can be changed, and you can have a renewing of your mind. And the Word of God talks about that. But how do we do that? How do we have this renewing of our mind? Well, Psalm one verse two talks about that. Psalm one verse two. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and his, in his law he meditates day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bring forth its, forth its fruit in its season. Right there, meditating on God's word. Are you meditating on God's word today? I know in my life it's been a challenge so many times. It's the got-tos versus the get-tos. Do I feel like I have to do it or do I want to do it? Do I feel like this is a... a a struggle? Do I feel like I, it's a burden sometimes? It can be, if we allow it to be. But if we look at this as God's love letter to us, and we realize God's word is rich, and it's transforming, like it says here, to meditate on God's word, that's how we stand when we meditate on God's word. You know, the word meditate is used 29 times in the word. And it's a synonym for, you know, we, we look at that synonym for, for meditate, and it's ruminate. And it's that cow chewing the cud. <laughs> so they'll chew it and chew it and chew it and chew it. And you see cows just sitting there just chewing it, chewing it, and chewing it. They're just soaking in all the nutrients. Then they put it in and then they bring it back up again and they continue to chew it. Are we doing that? Are we just saying, okay, well, I read my devotion. I'm good. All right, thank you, Lord. Great. Devotions are great. Not a problem with devotions. I love devotions. I read a John Corson devotion every evening. But... What I look at is, are we taking in God's word, meditating on it? What do you have to say? You know, Sharice, my wife, was saying, I love it when I see you actively in God's word because there's a vibrance. There's a, it's like, she loves seeing it. And I thank her for being so real with me because it's one of those things where when you're in God's word and you're chewing on it, it's going to permeate. It's going gonna, it's gonna to affect everybody around you. Everybody. And when we're not in God's word, sin you know, starts to creep in. One week without the word makes one week. <laughs> it's so true. So, we need to chew on God's word. We need it. We don't have, I mean, it's not like you gotta go do this right now. No, we'll carve out an hour of time every single day, set your watch. If you need to do that, great. But just understand, you get to do it. The veil's been torn in two. We have that access to God fully through his word, through prayer. We have that opportunity. Joshua 1.8 says, This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For when you make your way, for it will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. James 1.5, another great verse. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God, who gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given to him. How awesome is that? Wisdom given freely. Anybody of you lack wisdom? <laughs> yeah, wisdom. It's in the word of God. It's there freely to take. How many of you like when you find out that something's free? Yeah. Right? Yeah, my kids are saying, yeah, they like it when something's free. Hey, free In-N-Out Burger today. Gross. Well, the lines would be long, right? Yeah. The lines would be long because it's free. Hey, it's, uh, you know, 
It's uh, July 11th. Go get a Slurpee for free. <laughs> you know, you think of those things. We go grab it. The Word of God says He's giving wisdom free. It's knowing what to do and how to do it. It's not knowledge. Knowledge is good because it's knowledge to understand things. But the wisdom of God is, Lord, how do I walk in this? Here's a decision I need to make. Lord, what do I do? Where are we getting our counsel? When we find ourselves in a position where we are not in God's word, when we are letting the enemy rip us off, when we are letting the enemy get into our lives and mess with us, Isaiah chapter 30 is a very interesting scripture um, about the children of Israel and them seeking assistance. And God had to say this to them. And, and, and hear me out on this. Um, in, in Isaiah chapter 30, it says, verse 1, Woe to this rebellious children, says the Lord, who take counsel not of me, and who devise plans but not of my spirit, that they may add sin to sin, who walk and go down to Egypt, and have not asked me, asked my advice, to strengthen them in the strength of Pharaoh, and trust in the shadow of Egypt. Therefore, the strength of Pharaoh shall be your shame, and the trust in the shadow of Egypt shall be your humiliation. Oh. Anytime we see Egypt listed in Scripture, it's like a type of the world. It's like going to the world. And God's saying to us, he's saying to his children, why don't you take counsel from me? Why don't you come to me? You divide, devise plans on your own, but not counseling my spirit. Not seeking others for guidance. You find yourself listening to people at work. Oh, what should I do in my marriage? What should I do in my... In my the enemy wants to grab a hold of that. And God's saying, come to me. Come to me. Seek me. Seek the guidance of your brothers and sisters in the Lord. It's a, it's a good word for all of us who strengthen themselves in the strength of Pharaoh and trust in the shadow of Egypt. I think about this year in 2020, all the job losses, all the chaos, all the, the sickness, all the craziness. And I know in my life in the past when I wasn't really seeking the Lord about something, I thought, gosh, how can I finagle this? How can I make this work to come out to be good for my family and for me? it was not consulting the Lord and it turned into bad things. Oh gosh, if I only get that vaccination or if I only get this promotion or if I only get this bonus or this stimulus check, I was, I was in a job where I was not making very much and I was like losing everything. And God said, Jason, stay faithful for what you're doing. And I sought the Lord. My like, God, this doesn't make any sense. And I sought him. And I found peace in that. And I counseled the Lord on that. And he's established me in, in, in not only spiritually in that, but also he added more to it. He ministered to me in that time of, Jason, don't seek the provision, seek the provider. Seek me. Don't look towards the world's assistance or help with this situation. Yeah, there's things that can help us. Obviously, God can use it. But have you sought God first? Have you said, God, what do you want to do? How do you want to use this? Have you consulted the Lord? So he wants to remind us here, don't go to the world for your answers. Go to God's word. 
Go to him directly in prayer and go to your brothers and sisters. Hey, this is what I'm dealing with. Can you pray for me? Can you help walk through this with me? We all need to do that. That's powerful. And he's telling us here, his children, the children of Israel, you didn't consult me. You didn't go to me. You sought the world. You sought Egypt. We are in a spiritual battle. The enemy wants to see us tripped up. He wants to see us fail. He wants us to see us of no effect in our lives with God and with the world. He wants to see us settle and to numb out. In 2021, let's be a people that say, God, I'm going to resist the devil and he's going to flee from me because I'm pursuing you. I'm pursuing your word. I'm pursuing being with other believers and being in prayer. And I know people are sick right now. We, we went through a bug and we... Fellowship is hard to come by with everything going on right now with the lockdowns and everything. But I encourage you, reach out to somebody who's a brother and sister in the Lord and say, I need prayer. I need prayer today. Reach out to Cam or myself and say, I need prayer. I need your, I need your prayer. I, 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 need, I need you to intervene with the, with the Lord with me and, 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 just, and, and just, just lifting each other up. Being in the word of God. We're in a spiritual battle. The Lord is closer today than he was yesterday. (laughs) His coming is nigh. He's right at the door. The signs are there. Whatever side of the fence you're on, post-trip, mid-trip, whatever. Read God's word. He says, when you begin to see these things take place, look up, for your redemption draws near. The wars, the rumors of wars, the pestilences, all the craziness that's going on. Now is the time to not play with sin. Now is the time not to sit on the fence. I'm talking to me. I'm talking to you. I'm talking to us as all, all of us as believers. Let's get serious here in 2021 about following Christ, not allowing the enemy a foothold in our, full foothold in our lives. Let's wash ourselves in the water of the word. Let's... Be like that tree planted by the rivers of water that it, that it grows. And it talks about in Psalm 1 that's planted and the roots are deep and it's washed. Wash ourselves in the water of the word. Husbands, wash your wives in the water of the word as it says in Ephesians chapter 5, 25 and 26. And for all you who don't know Christ today, maybe you're hearing this message you're like, what is he talking about? the stuff about the enemy and spiritual warfare. God loves you. He died for you. He paid the price for you. He died on the cross that you may have eternal life. And not just eternal life when you die, but now when you receive him as your Lord and Savior, that you may have life. He says, I came that you may have life and that more abundantly. Do you want that today? He just hears it, you know, like the thief on the cross. He said, remember me when you enter into your kingdom. When Jesus was dying on the cross and the thief was there and he saw who Jesus is, that simple, I I need you. You don't need to say a certain thing or certain word. Just cry out to him today. Say, Jesus, I need you. Reveal yourself to me. I I want to know you more. And reach out to us here at Refuge City Church. So my prayer is this year, 
would put on the full armor of God, that you would stand against the enemy in all the ways he wants to trip us up. And my prayer is that in 2021, it wouldn't be a year that we're saying like 2020, oh, let's just get through this. No, let's have a vibrant year in Christ. Amen? Pray with me, please. Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you, Lord, for speaking to our hearts today. Just pray, God, that you would just um, go before us now, that we would lay aside every weight and run the race, Lord, with endurance. We thank you, Lord, for your word. We thank you, Lord, for your faithfulness. Would you bless this year, 2021, hard to believe. But we thank you. Praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Have a blessed week. See you real soon and have a great 2021. Take care.